Welcome, GC, to episode four of the Outpost podcast, um, and welcome, Bree. Thank you. <laughs> so today we are looking at um, Jesus's teaching on prayer, um, as well as some insight into the spiritual realities of the kingdom, signs, and um, yeah, and sight, spiritual sight. And then later on, I'll be interviewing my very own wife, Chloe, on prayer itself. Yeah, big chapter. Um, Let's get stuck into it. Oh yeah, how crazy is it that we chose Luke when we chose Luke? And now we're lined up with the church doing the Lord's Prayer on Sunday. So, yeah, Luke 11, the, um, Jesus, Jesus was praying, verse 1, which is just cool in and of itself, that he was already praying when um, one of his disciples says, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus prays the Lord's Prayer, what we know today as the Lord's Prayer. Um, yeah, what does this mean to you, Brie? When, when was the first time you reckon you heard the Lord's Prayer? The first time I heard the Lord's Prayer. I don't even know, man. Probably in the womb. I... Oh, wow. That's so <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, I'm sure it was probably in the womb, actually. Oh, that's from from day dot, you've been... Day dot, day dot. Yeah, but, it, but actually is, it actually is a piece of scripture that I feel like I have a fresh appreciation for over the last few years. Yeah, I think particularly when you grow up in a Christian family, mm. when you're in church your whole lives, the Lord's Prayer is pretty well broad territory. Um, yes. And yeah, my um, my family, when we say grace, we don't quite say the Lord's Prayer, but we basically do. It's like the world's most boring, reformed grace you've ever heard. It's like... <laughs> um, and so I think I got pretty desensitized to this, but actually over the last couple of years, I yeah have been have looked at it afresh a few times and just oh, been so amazed about how it. There's there's so much to say. The fact that Jesus teaches us to pray is amazing. The the yep. fact that this is so clearly a prayer for us and not just for him. Yeah. Um, because partly, and we know that partly because he says, "Forgive us our sins," and Jesus didn't sin. Um, yeah. is amazing. It, it This little prayer kind of encapsulates so much of what it looks like to be in a relationship with God and speak to him about, about that relationship. Um, it just like hits the nail yeah. on the head for all these little parts of it. Um, amazing. Yeah. I, like, I remember, even for me, who's someone who came to faith later in life, I guess at 18, um, it still had the same effect. And I remember I went through a big season of praying this every morning, but Mm. I'd, I'd pray it. Um, I would pray it really slowly. So I would literally say father in heaven and I would just stop and I would think until I, until it registered what I was actually saying. And then I would, until it registered, then I would move on. So yeah, it, yeah, it has a, yeah. a special place in my heart. Um, I think it's 
a great prayer to pray um, earnestly. If, if anyone in our GC hasn't done that as part of a regular routine, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, it's so, it's the bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so much of our spiritual habits and practices are left up to us. The Bible doesn't mm. tell us mm. uh, what to do. And there's, there's, that's good. There's good things about that. But this is actually something that Jesus tells us to do. So it's cool. we can be pretty confident that we'll benefit if we do it. Yes. Yeah. I'm so super good. keen to hear Chloe, Chloe talk about that with you. Yeah. I'm really keen for that as well. I'm keen to hear what we learn about it in church as well on Sundays. So that'd be really good. Great. But let's, let's push on. So this section that my Bible has titled Jesus and Beelzebul um, uh, is really interesting. Um, mm. We're getting some real insights into um, kind of what is going on spiritually, but also what is perceived to be going on spiritually. Especially um, both in the context, both in the broader context, but also in the first century context. Like, mm. What do the people around Jesus think is happening? How is their worldview playing into how they're seeing him? Yeah. So, speak? so what's the gist of this, Brie? What's the gist of what's going on in the scene? Jesus is... Jesus cast out a demon. Um, he, yeah, performs an exorcism, which is something that he does throughout the Gospels. And we learn, as you read the Gospels, you kind of learn that this act alongside healings is one of the ways that Jesus is signaling to people the kingdom of God mm. is here. Mm. I am the son of God. I am the one who controls all things spiritual and physical. It's here. Wake up. That's what he's been doing. Um, and he drives out a demon and then people in the crowd basically freak out and think that he is possessed by a demon. Yeah. They, they see him perform this crazy act and they're like, wow, well, I know that a normal guy can't do that. So I guess he's demon possessed. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus basically responds with this neat little logical argument where he says, he basically says, you can know that it's not a demon in me that is making me cast out these demons because a Satan wouldn't be silly enough to work against himself. And I am working against him here. Mm. And B, you guys, some of you guys cast out demons in your spiritual background, spiritual practices. Mm. And so if I'm casting you out by a demon, doesn't that mean that you are too? Yep. So he kind of pushes your corner um, and then he concludes it by saying, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And he says, I'm stronger than Satan. That's what verse 21 says. So good. Great summary. And there's a few little like one-liners that are pretty, uh, I don't know, impactful. The one in particular that stands out to me is yeah. 23. Whoever is not against me, uh, sorry, whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters, which is pretty, um, yeah, pretty full on. There's no, there's no neutral position with Jesus. Um, I think yeah, we can right. conclude. Yeah, 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 the, other, but the other really interesting yep. thing about that is if you flick back a page to chapter nine, he literally mm -hmm. says the opposite thing to his followers. <laughs> what in, does he say? In chapter nine, verse 50, Jesus says, whoever is not against you is for you. <laughs> so good. 
Maybe this, I mean, it could be irrelevant, but he's talking about them. Yep. And in this situation, he's talking about himself. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that is irrelevant. I think he might be onto something. Yeah, maybe. Because he he is the representation of the kingdom, whereas they are doing God's work for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so they can make use of... Neutral parties. Ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah, it is It is convicting because it kind of makes you go, where do I stand? Am I gathering? <laughs> or am I yeah. scattering? Um, yeah, I, I like that after this as well, this kind of spiritual insights, this discussion about it. Well, actually, we should talk about verses 24 to 26. <laughs> Yeah, you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so the gist of this is that oh, okay. Jesus Jesus says that um, when an, an impure spirit is comes out of a person, um, there's almost like this this void, this emptiness. The house is swept clean. It's it's put in order. Some time goes by, and seven more come back, and it's much worse in the original position. So what's the go with this? And I think this uh, this is just me guessing. I think this is, this is saying it's only half the work to stop sinning in your life or to stop, um, stop, yeah, to stop disbelieving, to stop doing the wrong thing. But what's, what's really important is that you fill the house with good things, with, with worshipful things and, you know, mm, which, like a like an abandoned house is actually just ready, like waiting for squatters to come in. Yeah, and I guess in the context, he's not just talking about good stuff, is he? He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about... That's right, the Holy Spirit as well. It's nice that that ends in... That actually, that interpretation makes sense. Yeah, in that context, that's helpful. Because look at verse 28. Mm. Just after he said that, he says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Mm-hmm. Both. Yeah, that actually, that empty house, when it's filled with hearing and obeying the word of God, is, is a good thing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So the sign right. of Jonah, Bree. What is the sign of Jonah, which is our section verses 29 to 32? Yes. Mm. Yeah, I... I might, if it's okay with you, give mm. my little—I um, don't even know how to describe this. I might clump the sign of Jonah with the following passages. Do it. Right. So I think I really liked what you said in the introduction, which is basically this chapter is about signs and sight. I really like that. Hmm. Like we might call <laughs> the episode that. <laughs> We will, yeah. Um, signs and sight. And it's signs and sight of the kingdom, which is what mm. the Gospel of Luke is about. It is about the kingdom of God coming near. Mm. God incarnate in Jesus coming into the world and announcing it's here. I'm here. I'm the way. Um, and so this whole chapter is about signs that the kingdom is here. And then it talks about sight to see that the kingdom is here. Mm. Um, so the stuff that we just read about Jesus casting out demons. Um, signs. That's signs. Yeah, that's signs. And then sign of Jonah and the lamp of the body. Those two are also about signs, I think. So the sign of Jonah, obviously, is about a sign. 
Um, and that passage basically talks about two Old Testament figures, Jonah and Solomon. Um, and I might just jump in just very quickly. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure Jonah got swallowed up by a whale for three days. And, yeah. I actually think it says something like that in one of the other Gospels. I should have checked that. Okay, Matthew 12. Yes, it does, it does, it does. Okay, so the version of this in Matthew, said, verse 40, says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The resurrection. Yeah, and then the so they're the signs, right? So the signs are Jesus casting out demons, and then him talking about the sign of Jonah and the sign of Solomon, and then there's sight. So the story, the little parable of the lamp of the body, yeah, is really talking about in this parable. Jesus is really asking, "Are you seeing properly, or are you in the dark?" Nice. Are you because he's he's talking about spiritual sight. Are you looking at the world and seeing it how it is, or are you in the darkness? GC, um, I'm here with my beautiful wife Chloe. Um, welcome, Chloe. Hello, thanks for having me. So good. And here we are on um, the Lord's Prayer week, both for Sundays and for our GC. It's pretty cool timing. Yeah, amazing. So we're going to cover like three main areas. We're going to talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer passage in Luke 11, um, first up, and then we're going to talk about just your journey with prayer yourself and understanding it and doing it. Um, and then thirdly, talk about your experience of mentoring people in prayer and helping people understand what prayer is and why it's good and how to do it. Um, so yeah, let's jump in. got the Bible in front of us and we got Luke 11 here. Um, yeah, what is, what is the Lord's Prayer to you, Chloe? I think it's a really helpful model for us to pray, especially when we don't have the words ourselves mm. to know what to pray. Um, great reminders of, um, yeah, praising God um, and asking for food and shelter and mm. um, thanking him for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness for ourselves and mm. asking for his help to forgive others. Um, yeah, just uh, really yeah. like basic day-to-day. -day. Yeah, Christian stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cool how um, Jesus starts with, with the praise, doesn't he? Mm. Mm -hmm. And so much, um, so often do we just go straight to the request yeah. or... Um, whatever's on our mind, but it's cool how Jesus leads us to praise mm. him first and recognize him as Father. And mm. Which helps to orientate all the asking. 
because mm. you remember who you're asking. Yeah, and who you are. If he's mm. your father, then mm. you're his children. That's right. And that word hallowed is, um, is kind of an old school word, but it means like it's related to being really holy and sacred. Mm. Revered? Revered, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the image uh, that the Lord's Prayer gives um, of a day-to-day request. Like, it's mm, enough day-to-day. to get through, yeah, that, that day. Um, you know, I've gone through some stuff in the past that it's been so overwhelming thinking of the big picture and how I'm going to face this big mm. trial. Um, and I've been so encouraged by the Lord's Prayer to just just pray for the a daily bread and enough energy and strength to get through that day. Mm. And he has, he has answered that. Love that. Yeah. Well, in Luke, we have a bit more than just the prayer. Mm. Um, I know Matthew kind of records it differently and fills it out a bit more, but in Luke, we have these kind of um, secondary teachings that go alongside the actual prayer. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you want to give us a little gist of, of them and, and perhaps what you get from them? Yeah, sure. So the first story is basically about a guy who comes wanting food um, or some bread um, and mm. comes in the middle of the night and uses the human example of that that person wouldn't yeah. wouldn't say no to someone asking in the middle of the night. Yeah, this real big, bold picture, um, that mm. shame, shameless audacity um, is the translation in the NIV. Um of coming and asking boldly for something. Mm. And then the next line is, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Um, an, an incredible encouragement to come to our Father mm. um, with big things and small things, um, with boldness and faith. And, uh, yeah, he says he can answer. Yeah. And I think that that's been a a real um, encouragement that I've used or shared with people, with um, people who are exploring the faith particularly. Right. Uh, Yeah, if you really want to know Jesus, ask him to show himself to you. Mm. Ask him to, um, yeah, open that door uh, and help you to to know him and to believe in him. I think this is his encouragement that Mm. to do that, (laughs) to, to have that. Shameless audacity to, to dare to ask God to do that. Yeah, 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 that's good. So if someone reads this and, and thinks, well, can I ask God for anything and he'll mm. give it to me? Um, that seems a bit weird. And <laughs> what would you say to that? Mm. Well, prayer is, is complex. Mm. Um, we are encouraged here to ask. Uh, the next, um, verse 11, the next little paragraph is um, how... God is our father, and mm. as a father, he loves to give his children good gifts. And, yeah, so I think that encourages us to ask God for things. Um, that could be, you know, for clothing or a relationship or mm. peace mm. during the day. It could be all sorts of things. Um, and the act of prayer is that you trust, you entrust your request mm. to the one who can answer and who has the wisdom to know how to answer that, whether that, that answer is actually a no, um, but you know that a no is from a loving Heavenly Father, mm. um, not because he wants to give you a scorpion, 
but because he knows what, what is best. Yes. Um, yeah. So prayer is not a genie thing. You're requesting yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, it is an act of faith and trusting your request to someone who cares and is able to, to answer whether that's a yes, no, or not yeah. now. Um, yeah, totally. And like so often I find that it's actually us who's the one who's asking for a scorpion and don't and yeah. don't know it. Yeah. And it's God who gives us what we really need. Mm. So mm. it's almost like this this little example in reverse. Um and we're we're asking for rocks and he gives us bread. Mm. Um and he just has that that divine perspective and mm. right. um fatherly care. Yeah. Even you know, in the same way a kid who asks for lollies all the time and is given uh, you know, a balanced diet. It's it's a loving parent who does that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about your own journey with prayer in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you've taught on prayer in the Bible study context, and that was a great series you ran, I remember it. Um, really helpful. But how, yeah, what has your journey been like? And you, have you always prayed the same way, mm. or is it developed? Yeah, I think like when I was younger, particularly during school and high school, it was a lot more, um, I guess, scripted or Mm. kind of forced when we were at church, we'd pray along. As I really owned my faith Mm. um, and wanted to follow Jesus, um, I guess I started using God talk a lot more, which is basically recognizing that being a Christian and following Jesus is a relationship with God. Mm. And that relationship with God is a communicative one. Like yeah. you're reading God's word and you're talking to him. Yeah. You live your whole life with him. So um, since making that commitment, my life has steadily in, increased with prayer, mm. um, realizing that God does care. And I think I've had affirmations from him that, you know, sometimes I've been really stressed about uh, this, this, Example comes up a lot, but I've been really stressed about parking my car in Newtown, praying for a spot, <laughs> and I felt, oh, God doesn't care about that. And then I turn my head, and there's a car park spot yeah. for me, yeah. um, and being reminded that He's a good Father who yeah. doesn't mind giving good gifts like that. Yeah, and He's not like too busy to hear that sort of thing, or you know, o- otherwise occupied. Mm. <laughs> he's He's so He's so powerful and so. Mm. Um. Yeah, and he's so sovereign over everything that he can be intimately involved and he can be near mm. to you. Yeah. Yeah. One one um aspect of my prayer life that has improved is, um, I guess self awareness in my prayers. Um, I have I guess feared my words. Um, feared sorry people hearing and judging the way that I've framed mm. my prayers. So that's often made me pretty nervous to pray publicly. Right. And that fear of man has definitely been something to work on and I'm still working on. And I've grown in slowing down my prayers mm. and not needing to rush them, but taking a deep breath and framing it to God and as if I'm, yeah, as if I am truly speaking to God mm. and not just saying some words to a group as yes. I'm praying. Yep. Yeah. Audience of one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, have you, you say you've steadily increased in sort of your prayer life. When do you find it's hardest to pray or has there been, is it always an upwards development or have you found there's been valleys and harder parts of life to pray and and why do you think you you go through those times? Yeah, there's definitely been, it's definitely a journey, um, it's a relationship. Yeah. Uh, so there are moments that are really easy to pray, especially when it's, I guess, a better season for me. Mm. Um, clear answer to prayer and I'm full of thankfulness. That's often a, a thing that mm. I thank God for. Um, that's an easy thing for me to do. When I haven't been well or um, maybe I have some relational conflict and I'm feeling like quite shameful, guilty mm. before the Lord that he didn't, he wouldn't want to hear from me. Mm. Um, or if I'm like mentally low and, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to listen to myself, let alone mm. think that God would want to. Um, I think that's discouraged me. Yeah. I think it's a journey though. And I know that, um, yeah, scripture even gives us prayers to pray. Mm. And the beauty of Christian community is, I've, re I've been able to reach out to brothers and sisters to yep. pray on my behalf when I haven't had the words to pray, mm. when I'm feeling weak. Um, you, Tom, have prayed plenty of times for me mm. when I just can't put the words, um, yeah. articulate those words. So, yeah, um, I'm really thankful that I've had good seasons <laughs> amidst yeah. the, the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I've noticed... Um... Yeah, I've grown in my prayer life just from being in relationship with you. Like, um, I think you're really good at, at thanking God for when he does answer prayer as well. I think so many people, um, God answers prayer, God works, it's it's great, and we enjoy it, but um, few, few thank, thank him directly. So it's it's great to have seen that in you. <clears throat> Among many other things, yeah, praying for small things, that's something I've grown in as well. Um yeah, God's not too busy. Mm. Yeah, really good stuff. It is pretty wild that he does care about yeah. everything. He keeps showing us that he does, which mm. is amazing. Mm. I think that is your life. That, that's what the call of a Christian is, to mm. have a relationship with God and submit to him. And that is in the big things and the small things. Mm. You're, you're, you're living your life with him. So if, you, yeah, if you're looking for something or mm. have a question about something, it's beautiful that you can cry out to God. It's great. Um, and share that quest or question or yeah. yeah, that need. Love that. Yeah, so you've also walked a lot alongside a lot of people, um, mainly women, in their walk with the Lord and mm -hmm. um, talked about prayer, no doubt. And, yeah, I suppose what misconceptions around prayer have you come across with people um, or ideas that have been more stumbling blocks for people in their prayer life than, than jumping blocks? Mm. Um, definitely the theology around like God's sovereignty and prayer. I think that's been a struggle for people. Mm. To Some people have gone, why bother? Right. And other people have gone, you know, how could, how could God do this? And so, yes. you know, they don't talk to him about stuff. Um, yes, other stumbling blocks. Um, I think just not living life with him. So not... Not having in, that, 
that posture. Yeah, that posture. Yeah, that's a good way of framing it. Um, you sort of, you go to him when you need him or yeah. you go to him when you're thankful or when you're excited or it's very dependent on how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah, yep. Or even just um, thinking of prayer as just request rather than right. talking to God about what you're going through or... Yeah. Um, yeah, praising him or thanking him, yeah. sharing your dreams and hopes for the future. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people have just forgotten, like they're busy. Right. So people dive in and do stuff rather than um, yep. stopping. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose on that note, there's all kinds of prayer in a sense, mm. like scheduled prayer, yep. prayer saying grace before you eat spontaneous prayer the bible even says pray pray unceasingly mm. so like what do these mean and and um maybe some pros and cons to all of them or just benefits to all of them um from your point of view hmm. oh i don't even know where to start uh, mm. i think the praying unceasingly is interesting because um you know, I used, uh, yeah, I used to be a nurse and I would have this in my mind, I need to pray unceasingly, but I really need to focus on my patient. So <laughs> how do I do both? Mm. Um, but I think that is an encouragement to just invite God into your life in yep. every moment. Um, and, and that's that posture shift. That posture. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it's a real big encouragement to um, to pursue God and... Some, uh, what I love about scripture, and I've just written this essay on Psalms, Psalms is full of so many um, prayer songs. Mm. And so um, within scripture and uh, a habit that Jews um, have done for centuries is to say those and sing those prayers. Mm. Um, and we can join with brothers and sisters for hundreds of years and say those same words mm. and um, have confidence that... God hears and is able to answer our prayers. Um, and I love Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. It says, um, to God who is able to do immeasurably more um, than all we ask or imagine. Mm. Incredible that, you know, well, yeah, well, even what we can imagine, God is able to do more than that. Um, and that's the God that we cry out to. And so many times have I cried out and you know, so hoped for things and he hasn't answered the yes. Um, and other times I've asked for something and he's given me just so much better. Mm. Um, uh, all those times it's still the same God and I have to, we, we all have to keep trusting that he's good and he cares and in his wisdom he will use our, our prayers to bring about good and change. Yeah.